Welcome back to 613 Ramban. I'm excited to be recording earlier in the day on a Friday and not two minutes before Shabbos. So here we go. We're going to conclude Parshas Vayishlach, 6th and 7th Aliyah. We find in this Aliyah the death of two women and the lineage of Esav. So let's just do a quick summary. Uh, first, we pick up with a, a ceremony that took place. Hashem appeared to Yaakov and reiterating the blessings that were given to Avram and to Yitzchak, and that spurs Yaakov on to encourage his family to get rid of any idolatrous belongings that they may have taken from Shechem, and they do so, and Yaakov brings offerings. After that, we find Devorah, who is the Meineke, she is the nurse of Rivka, dies. We'll come back to that. After that, we find the death of Rivka, she, uh, excuse me, of Rachel, who dies as she's giving birth to Benjamin, which we'll also come back to. We know that Yaakov buries her on the side of the road, which we'll come back to those, that terminology. And uh, lastly, uh, we find the entire lineage of the family of Esav. So let's go back to the death of these two women. First of all, the death of Devorah. She is not someone we really know anything about, which leads the Mepharshim, the commentators, the Midrashim, to suggest that in the death of Devorah, we have an allusion, a hint, to the death of Rivka. You have to ask yourself, why in the world doesn't the Torah just say explicitly about the death of Rivka? So the Ramban suggests something fascinating and shocking. He says the reason that the Torah does not explicitly speak of the death of Rivka is because her burial took place in a state of disgrace. What does that mean? Well, think about it. Rivka dies when Yaakov is still distant and far away from home. If that's the case, he is not able to be there to bury her. He says, Esav, Esav hates Rivka. Rivka manipulated him, or manipulated their, her husband, Yitzchak, in order to steal the brachos away from her son, Esav. And therefore, Esav held on to his hate. He had a grudge against his mother. He did not attend his mother's burial. And therefore, who's there to bury the mother? Strangers, foreigners. It's a real disgrace. And therefore, the Torah does not want to tell us this explicitly. A little fascinating tidbit from the Ramban. Next, we find a very interesting comment of the Ramban. The Ramban begins his commentary on the burial of Rachel by stating that she was buried in a portion of Binyamin, of the tribe of Binyamin, and that's based on the Pasuk uh, that, that's in Yermiel that describes Rachel crying out for her children. But then he writes, when I had the amazing schus, the amazing merit to come to Shalayim, to come to Israel, and uh, you know, he says, and thank God for this opportunity. And you have to keep in mind the context. The context is that he was actually chased out of Spain, but nonetheless, he recognized where he's going. And in that, in that comment, he speaks about the joy of coming to Yerushalayim, despite the fact that he was driven there um, due to unfortunate circumstances. And he writes, based on his knowledge now of the geography, seeing it, it must be a different place, and it leads him to ultimately suggest that the place of Rachel's burial is what we now call Cave Rachel, um, the place that you can visit, visit in Beis Lechem. We know this is, there, there is significant controversy if the Ramban is correct or not. Nonetheless, it's a place of many tefillos, and therefore many people daven there, and it's endorsed by the Ramban as being the true place of the burial of Rivka, of Rachel, excuse me, and therefore it is certainly, even if it's not necessarily the place that she was buried, it is certainly a place where an immense, immense amount of philos have been shared, immense amounts of tears have been have been poured, and therefore it is an appropriate place to dive in one way or another. Okay, have a wonderful Shabbos, and I look forward to picking up next week.